This episode is sponsored by Silknodes, your validator in the Cosmos ecosystem. Centralization in Cosmos is a huge issue. For example, do you know how many nodes it takes to hold an major network on Cosmos? For Cosmos Hub and Osmosis, it's only six nodes. For Juno Network, it's eight nodes, and for Stargate Zone, it's only 10 nodes. This is a major issue for blockchain to ever go mainstream. To solve this, we need you to delegate or redelegate to smaller validators. Silknodes is a great, relatively small validator that validates blocks on major networks like Cosmos, Juno, Osmosis, Epmos, and more. So go and delegate to Silknodes today and help blockchain become truly decentralized. So welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we tweet all things Cosmos. We summarize that in a weekly newsletter, and then we invite fascinating, interesting people who is who's building the Cosmos ecosystem. And today we got Steg Easy on the line. So welcome to the club, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. So you've been here before. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know, we are on Spotify, YouTube, all these different channels. So you can check out the previous episode. But anyone who hasn't, uh, just to take it from the top, what is Steg Easy and uh, why is this interesting? Why do people need to pay attention? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, the last time I was here, I also shared that what Steg Easy is. But this time I tried to explain it a bit differently. So, uh, Steg Easy, like you can say, in its current state is a liquid staking solution, which is totally smart contract based. And what it does is that once you have some Cosmos tokens like Juno or Secret, the native tokens, or you can say uh, the tokens which you use to pay gas for, those tokens, like some non-technical people uh, like, are not able to easily understand how to get the best yield out of it. So staking derivatives is one of the ways you can earn yield out of those assets. And currently you can go to Capital Wallet, select different validators and stake with it. But our solution gives you a much simpler interface to do it and to just have a better understanding of how you're uh, getting this passive yield from. And yeah, that's the current state of platform. And soon it will be a generalized yield platform for Cosmos. And I think that uh, immediately br- brings up the question, which is also different from last time that we spoke uh, about what is different about Stake Easy compared to other liquid staking protocols and platforms. Now we have Stride. I don't think they were live when we last spoke. Uh, we have others coming up, as we all know. Quicksilver is still working. There's a lot of uh, other suggestions for a liquid staking protocol in Cosmos. So what uh, makes Stake Easy stand apart, would you say? Yeah, so uh, liquid staking protocol, like it has, like there are majorly two differences. One is that uh, the way its architecture is, like the logic they are defined, which includes certain features that one might have, one might not. And the second way is how it's implemented. It either could be implemented as a Cosmos SDK chain, or it can be implemented as uh, REST contracts on top of either Juno or Secret or any Cosmosm chain. So ours is a Cosmosm based one, which Basically, for which we just have to uh, implement the logic behind the liquid staking part and not the underlying chain itself. But in the other case, uh, the whole uh, top-down 
stack has to be implemented till the Postman SDK part. And in terms of architecture, we have a few differences like uh, currently there's a DAO. We, we have recently made the DAO live, which basically lets the community choose which validator should go in our set and which can be removed and we'll also recycle through it. Other feature we have difference is that we have a two token model. We have BJuno and we have SEJuno. And this I'll explain a bit later what the difference is. But SEJuno, you can say, is quite similar to what uh, other staking tokens, liquid staking tokens are from other products like STITERM, STJuno, which is like auto compounding one and the ratio changes over time. And the other BJuno is it, it has this property that it will always be redeemed for one is to one with Juno, which lets you have a stable pool with no impermanent loss. Cool. And uh, this two token system, I think, really is something that stands apart when it comes to stake easy from, from others. So it's like B Juno that you just mentioned. So what happened? It's uh, pegged one to one to normal Juno. But then what is the benefit for users to buy into? or use BJuno in the first place. Yep. So uh, the way we like differentiate is like there are two main utilities of a liquid staking token. One is that you can pair up, pair it up with the unstaked version of this token and provide liquidity for it with a very less amount of impermanent loss as compared to like other LP pairs. Other is you can use it as a collateral in a lending protocol. So for example, if you take the example of Ethereum ecosystem, uh, what they have is they have ST uh, ETH, which is similar to SC uh, Juno. That is, its ratio increases over time. So you can use it in Aave to uh, like borrow USDC or USDT against, or you can even borrow uh, ETH against ST ETH. But uh, also, like there's a pair of B ETH with ETH on Curve Finance. So, but the benefit in having B Juno is that. If you have a pair of B Juno and Juno, B Juno will always remain one is to one ratio with Juno. So there won't be any long-term impermanent loss. For example, in case of SC Juno, uh, I think it's currently 1.13 Juno for one SC Juno. So it's been around like six months, less than six months since uh, it was at one is to one ratio. So if you had provided liquidity for SC Juno, Juno at that time, now you would have a different ratio of SC Juno and Juno in the pool as an LP. So once you take it out, uh, the total value could be lesser in terms of the number of Juno you have against it. But if you have B Juno and Juno pair since then, you'll still have the exact same number of Juno and B Juno in the pool. Or maybe it could be a bit more of B Juno or, B, or a bit more of Juno, but cumulatively it will be equal to the same number of, exactly the same number of Juno as you did before. So like the major difference comes is that first of all, like. Uh, even SC Juno Juno pair doesn't have that much amount of impermanent loss that, for example, Juno item could have, or even so, uh, uncorrelated pairs like Juno or USTC, right? So it still has, but if you look at uh, long term, like if someone is helping for two, three years, you'll see in this, that three uh, year period of time, the ratio has changed by a lot. But in case of B Juno Juno, it will still be one is to one after three years. Hmm. And I noticed you mentioned lending protocols, which I think is uh, almost like the holy grail to a lot of these liquid stake assets, because one, you'll be able to obviously auto compound with liquid stake assets like SE Juno, but if you're also able to de deposit that, so you can trade that obviously on a DEX, 
But if you're also able to deposit that into a lending protocol and take out a loan for whatever reason that you need, uh, cash or whatever purpose that you need to uh, lend out your crypto to and borrow against it, is that possible today or is it hypothetical? Like it's possible in theory, but in practice, there's no protocol uh, right now or is there already? Uh, so for these kind of lendings, obviously there are uh, very good products on Ethereum side. For example, Avin Compound, you can combine with Lido's Take Deeth. But on Juno ecosystem, it's starting to, I think in probably two or three months from now, we'll see a native lending protocol on the Juno itself. Because like there are teams building or building that, but we don't know who will be the first lending protocol on Juno ecosystem. But like there are like two or three teams doing that. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, you're saying something. No, I was just about to ask if, uh, but right now it's not possible, right? It's a, there's no lending protocol out there that is live at least. I know Yumi is working on something. I don't know if they will add uh, B Juno or SE Juno whatever liquid stake assets that you will issue. But right now, it's not possible for me to use uh, stake easy liquid stake assets uh, to deposit on lending protocol and take out a loan uh, based on that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Right now, you can't do it because, uh, for example, UMI is a different Cosmos chain. It's connected to Juno through IBC channels. So you need to first like whitelist uh, SC Juno and B Juno over there on UMI side so that... Uh, it can be used as a collateral over there. And so is the state of other liquid protocols also that they are in process of um, making it as a collateral soon enough. But for that, you need to have, let's say, UMI's governance pass that. And uh, for like the base criteria is that at least you should have a very deep liquidity so that like whatever liquidations happen of that collateral can be easily done through a DEX. And currently for liquid staked assets, since they're relatively new, there's not enough uh, you can say demand for it so that on the DEXs there's a deep liquidity, for example, SU Juno Juno or B Juno Juno pairs. Uh, once that is done, definitely the these uh, even the cross chain uh, lending we can do through it. But it's like it, I think SU Juno would first be integrated into a lending protocol that's on Juno because it like it's not a cross chain lending in this case, and there's also one. Uh, I think Oracle module that's in proposal for a Juno network right now, which will be implemented in the next upgrade. So once that is live, uh, it will be very, very easy to integrate one lending protocol on Juno to uh, our liquid assets and even to the Juno swap or loop decks for liquidations. And I think that will be much earlier done than uh, those uh, governance passing because you need much more deeper liquidity in case of like cross-chain uh, DeFi utilities. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, I was just finishing it. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I think that's really where we will start seeing uh, perhaps even a new wave, a new cycle starting when you can start seeing like liquid stake assets really being able to deposit to various different lending protocols and then people start buying and reinvesting, et cetera, et cetera. That's... For me, that's just super exciting. It's super capital efficient and uh, something that we, we need in the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, so just to recap, right now you guys are configured with Juno, so SE Juno, Secret uh, with SE, SE Secret or SE SCRT, that's difficult to say. 
And uh, from what I gather, you are having or you're launching Cosmos uh, Atom uh, as well, Osmosis, and perhaps also Elrond. Uh, I, I I believe also. Why did you guys choose Elrond? Just out of curiosity, because that falls a little bit outside of the the conventional uh, Cosmos ecosystem, at least. Uh, actually, Elrond we did uh, we did explore. I think five six months back. Uh, we need to like update the roadmap on the landing page. But it was I think initially we were experimenting with uh, a lot of like Rust based ecosystems. Like, for example, Ethereum and EVM chains have solidity to implement their smart contracts. Uh, all Cosmos chains, whatever Cosmos chains are support, supporting, for example, Juno, Secret, all have uh, the same uh, environment uh, to build Rust contracts. But Solana ecosystem has a different model of this uh, Rust-based contracts. And same happened with Elrond. So we were just exploring how difference, how much is the difference in these two Rust uh, environments and like one of one of the persons from our team was actually implementing the liquid signal and around to see the differences. But like we at a point had a decision that okay we can maybe also have a liquid signal solution for chains outside Cosmos, but that didn't go well with the plan for now. So we just uh, we have dropped Elron for now, but I think it could be possible in the near future that we would include outside Cosmos chains. And that actually we found a better way to do it was through like the like this works where like non uh, Cosmos chains can connect through IBC to Cosmos chains. Like I know Composable Finance is working on connecting uh, the Polkadot ecosystem with the Cosmos ecosystem through IBC. So if that is those kind of things are actually uh, deployed to production, you can actually uh, have liquid staked asset produced in. Uh, Cosmos chain, it could be a Juno chain, which is like could be SE Dot or SE Kusama. These or even this, I think this team is also working on integrating the near ecosystem with Cosmos IBC. So you could have SE near in that case. But yeah, our short term plan for now is first to have support for uh, existing IBC chains. The biggest of those are Atom and Osmo. So and even Secret also, we are planning to have a, another, uh, you can say, uh, a parallel version where like you could have a native staking of Secret on the Secret Cosmosm chain or Cosmosm assets, or you could also have uh, SC Secret produced on Juno uh, connected through IBC to Secret. Is that? Let's take a quick break here from today's sponsor. Gelato is a luck-based gaming platform that offers lottery games for various assets accessible on Cosmos using IBC. The prizes and lottery tickets are paid in all kinds of native Cosmos coins such as Atom, Osmo, Juno, Secret, Stars and of course Gelato's own token GLTO. Shortly after launching their lottery game, Gelato plans to add more games of chance such as Blackjack and Slots ultimately building an online casino in the cosmos. For more information, visit gelato.io. That is gelato.io. Is that uh, making some sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, IBC will connect everything, right? <laughs> At least one <laughs> yeah, can hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a killer app, if you ask me, or protocol. But uh, yeah, exciting. And I know uh, what, what I think is pretty cool is that you can... Uh, potentially uh, work across ecosystems 
uh, with this liquid staking uh, solution that you guys have built. Uh, that's that's pretty neat, I would say. Um, so speaking of other ecosystems and in general, the market, how are you guys, this is perhaps a bit the left field here, but how are you guys responding to the recent market environments? If you ask me or us here at the Cosmos Club, now is the time for DeFi to really show what we're all about. I mean, all these centralized players, FTX, of course, Celsius. I mean, the list just goes on and on, it seems, and it's piling up. It's all because of all the behind-the-scenes activities that's going on. Whereas in DeFi, everything is on-chain, right? You can see immediately, everybody, everybody can follow what's happening. That is the future. So... I compare this time that we are in right now to 2018. I've been in crypto for a long time, but 2018, I remember specifically, that was also a tough time. Um, everybody was calling crypto dead, like what they're doing right now. Uh, and back then, I was seriously like worried worried that what we were doing was going to die. Like This is not going to go anywhere. But now, fast forward to today, four years after 2018, in 2022, now, the only solution to all these problems is DeFi and, you know, taking custody of your assets, basically what we've been working on for so long now. But how are you guys responding to, uh, to the recent events? Uh, yeah, in this, uh, this turmoil that we're seeing in the markets. Yeah, like the recent events have been like quite, uh, you could say, unimaginable. Uh, if you had said that, okay, these things are going to happen uh, two, three months from now, two, three months back, then nobody would ever take such things. But like uh, this gives, like this basically gave us a perspective that, okay, uh, we need to just make sure that uh, most of the time, uh, the risk is like, if you see in last year, what was happening is that when the market was at peak, the crypto market was at peak, there were a lot of builders, but a lot of things were being shipped too quickly. So if you, like, for instance, you could write a contract for five, six months and actually test it out a lot before uh, allowing for users to use, uh, it will be much more secure than a product that's just been built out in a, in a month. So I think one single lining in this case is that now is the time that uh, there's not as much high of a demand as it used to be a year back. It gives us this environment that we can have a longer period for experiment and actually spending that longer period, you can have certain products that will survive in the long run because if they don't, you're going to crash in this market. So yeah, it just gave us that perspective that, okay, we can be a bit more concerned about the risk uh, before actually allowing our users to use it. So. Yeah, it makes sense. And we actually got a question from uh, one of our sponsors, Blockbases, uh, on on this uh, particular security issue or security risk, I should say, not an issue. Uh, because obviously, moving away from centralized exchanges and CFI in general, where people are holding your keys and are able to do all kinds of shenanigans in the background, uh, having something on-chain is much better. But the risk, I think, that uh, Blockbases is alluding to here is that I would basically deposit my assets to a liquid staking protocol like StakeEasy. But what if StakeEasy gets hacked or whatever keys I exploited? You know, basically something goes wrong where 
some bad actor is able to access the vaults or whatever you guys where you store the assets that people are depositing, what if that gets hacked, right, exploited? Uh, how then are we able to make guarantees or at least show that we can do better than CFI and what centralized exchanges have shown the past, I don't know, six months, it seems. So that's a question mm -hmm. from the community, I guess, from block basis. Okay, yeah, that's a very good question. So like in case of CFI, you see, um, like there has been, a, okay. So there's a, so whenever like either DeFi or CFI product is built, there's one, there's a set of programmers who are like writing uh, that piece of code in case of like DeFi, it's that, okay, whatever logic has been built, everyone knows, okay, this is going to be the, uh, basically the contract you can say. That's why it's named smart contract that, okay, these three steps are going to happen if you deposit and it's going to happen because that's what's been deployed and it's much more transparent than you would have in case of CFI. But still in both of these cases, uh, even if the, uh, you can say, the programmer has built out the logic that programmer thought was right, but in most cases could be that, okay, it's a human error that the logic define, even if that works as expected to be uh, running, like you can see, okay, this is the smart contract code that's going to execute, but it could have a human error where like the program itself has forgotten a use case. Like it's very uh, dumb example, but like if you take it in the extreme cases where like you could have scenarios like uh, in case of ex extreme volatility, lending protocols with lower liquidity of their collateral do end up collapsing and having bad debts. And, but that's uh, the only one thing that's missing in DeFi right now. In CFI, there's also one more added layer which has caused more harm uh, is the lack of transparency. Like someone is taking out leverage on users' funds and like people don't even know about it until the point uh, comes where like it all collapses and like everyone loses their money. But in case of DeFi, you can directly see, okay, this protocol has deposited this much amount in uh, this yield opportunity or this much leverage you can directly take on lending protocol. Like, uh, like you can clearly see which user has taken how much loan against uh, which collateral uh, on chain, in, on basically any chain. For example, on Aave, if you go and deposit 1,000 ETH and take out a loan of 900 USDC, for example, against it, or maybe like, uh, so that whenever that liquidation happens, everyone can see, okay, this company is uh, having its collateral liquidated uh, at the time when it's uh, actually getting closer to that instead of like no transparency in case of C5. So yeah, most of even like case of FTX was the case where like the lack of transparency was the reason. And if there was transparency, maybe this collapse wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that makes sense. But, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, in case of DeFi, uh, you you just need to make sure that the uh, logic is uh, gonna not gonna break even in case of high volatility, which I guess this market allowed us to do that. And now protocols are aware that, okay, these kind of scenarios can happen. And if they happen in the future, this is the uh, remedy for it. And maybe like throughout more years, people will find these things out and fix them. And obviously this won't happen again because like now you know exactly this is the case that happens with uh, the contract logic concepts.
under such scenarios. Yeah, Let's I think a that's... quick break here from today's sponsor. Checked is a trusted data network that enables individuals and organizations to take back control of their data. Based on blockchain technology, Checked is built upon public permissionless network secured and governed by their own token, the Check token. Checks permissionless network provides the payment rails, customizable commercial models, and governance structures for trusted data, including and not limited to self-sovereign identity, making it easier for individuals and organizations to trust each other. No more data silos to be leaked or hacked, no more data sold without consent, and no more relationships and transactions without trust. For more information, visit check.io. That is checked.io. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. I mean, if anything, this bear market is showing, like the is stress testing basically the protocols that are operating right now, including Stake Easy. If, for example, B Juno is not depegging to Juno, it seems like the logic is working as intended, right? Even under extreme market conditions. I think the question, though, just to follow up from uh, from from block basis here. It's more about, okay, if you you remove the centralized players so you don't have central points of failure, that's good. <laughs> By default, that's that's an improvement. But the central point of failure kind of moves over to the smart contract risk then because then because everything is transparent and on-chain, and et cetera, you can see, you can follow basically the transactions and uh, sort of almost guess or even see in the TVL numbers how much value is locked up into certain protocols or certain smart contracts. Now that obviously gives hackers, people who are looking for opportunities uh, to break in, sort of targets, you know, you're putting a target on your back in a, in a way. So I think just to uh, bring it home, uh, you know, the question is more about how does Stakeasy make sure that the smart contracts are rock solid basically so people do not end up depositing their Juno, depositing their secret tokens. And then the next day, the the protocol is being hacked and the, the Juno and secret tokens are gone. Yep. So, uh, like, it doesn't matter if you, like, spend uh, six months or maybe eight months or maybe an year uh, testing thing out. Uh, there's still a very, very small percentage, you can say a probability that's always going to be non-zero that there could be uh, some uh, logic that hacker can use to break into your system. But the longer you do end up testing, that percentage really diminishes to a very small amount. And the better solution we have done to make sure that uh, things can also be controlled when they go south for example, if you see uh, like this, this websites where like you can go and check out what's uh, de- what are the details on past DeFi hacks that have happened. Like they explain to you every single step that okay, this transaction was done with this contract, and then this happened, and there like even proper blog posts where they explain uh, how logically this thing was exploited, so that anyone who's building the same thing out can understand it and like not do that thing again. For example, like there are uh, re-entrancy attacks uh, because of the design of EVM chains. So that thing was, uh, once first it was hacked, it was understood, okay, this thing can happen, we won't do it again. So when Cosmo Wasmo was built, it was made sure that, okay, it's designed such a way that uh, 
these reentrances attacks are not even possible even with the whatever logic the uh, contract developer has written so i think in case of defi one benefit is that you can learn from previous uh, people's mistake and not do them again and make and even uh, what else you can do is that if things goes out you can immediately uh, control the system where like you can say okay no one can withdraw for a certain period of time or until we find found the issue and fix it and you can also have let's say like uh, for example we have a thing called a skill switch where like whenever like uh, there could be a possibility if anything goes south in case of numbers we see something off we just uh, switch that kill switch on and what it does is that it makes sure that whatever amount is being staked right now is uh, set sent on unstaked and until that time that all asset is unlocked no one else can withdraw and whenever like it's allowed to be unstaked by user it can only be unstaked by the user that has deposited it and not anyone else so that way if even if you know like okay there's been an exploit you can still cut it off uh, right whenever you find it out and in most of protocols this this kind of thing is not done because like it's uh it it's still optional given the case that any hack doesn't happen but even if it does you know how to cut it off and it's it's i think it was used in open sea it was these kind of things have been used in uh mm. this uh, what's this world i think yarn yarn also had a few small hacks where like they limit controlled it pretty well because search logic was implemented yeah and yeah that's all Yeah, it happens, and uh, not to uh, put too much spotlight on our or on our sponsor, Blockbases, but you can go on their website, blockbases.com, which I think is pretty cool, and you can look up all the different uh, protocols. Like, you can just search there's a search function and and see uh, if they've been hacked, if they've been audited, uh, just a sort of sanity security check almost, and then you can scan your wallet, of course, to see if you've interacted with any. Protocols and DApps that uh, have been hacked, basically. So that's pretty cool, I think, and uh, something that our industry needs in general. Because if we are building the future of finance uh, or the future internet, if you want to go even broader, we need to make sure that people can feel safe. You know, that they don't need to stay up at night uh, or be super nervous when they connect their wallet to a new DApp and all these things. That needs to be sorted um, in order for this to really hit mainstream. especially after recent events if you ask me but i want to shift gears a little bit you mentioned the uh, dao uh, in the beginning uh, your decentralized autonomous organization that you launched pretty recently and uh, this is another question from the community from kujira network the account is called where they ask uh, the dao how does it intend to grow the user base via grants and protocols implementing sec and liquid staked assets like as uh, juno so basically the question is How will the DAO make sure that the stake easy protocol increases adoption, users uh, interacting with your liquid stake assets? Yeah, how does how does the DAO ensure that? Mm. Yeah, uh, so the DAO itself in its current state is quite minimal. Like what we have done is uh, what you can see in, for example, Rodao case. where the holders of the dao who are essentially the end user of junoswap itself they can vote and decide whether a certain feature in mechanism should be implemented or not 
or how the unbonding of your LP token should be either 14 days or seven days. And similarly, the first step that we implemented is that uh, the users of StakeEasy can actually uh, vote to decide uh, which validators will go in the set, which will not. And this is currently live. The next steps we'll be doing is that slowly uh, allowing maybe in future sub-DAOs or grant sub-DAOs or delegation sub-DAOs like uh, the Juno network itself is doing right now. Because if you see uh, Juno as an example, it's a product where like there's a lot of community members who wants to participate in different areas of its development. Like some people are interested in uh, marketing. Some people are interested, uh, some, some of the community members are interested in uh, developing the underlying chain in Go. Or maybe some people are interested in building DAO contracts, right? Which will be, which will be essential for the growth of the whole Juno ecosystem itself. So these people, now what they've done is that they have created SubDAO for each of these different categories. So anyone who wants to uh, develop some contracts for Juno chain itself to as a public good, they can just go and submit the proposal in a Hackwasm DAO saying that, okay, I'm building this thing out or I'm doing this thing or I'm uh, making these educational content for the network itself. Uh, they can vote and decide whether uh, you should be incentivized for doing such things. So essentially, what you're doing is that you're now part of the growth of the whole ecosystem itself by being the part of the DAO. So same way I see uh, as StakeEasy community growing, we can have certain sub DAOs where each of these things will be targeted efficiently and like people, those who are interested in certain aspects can just directly go to those sub DAOs. And yeah, speaking current state, you can currently participate in DAO to decide on validators. There's also even fee sharing mechanism where like uh, some, some percentage of fees, I think it's currently 30% of fees we take. We use that in buying back the uh, SEC token, which essentially act as a, like an input stream for uh, stakers of the DAO. So essentially those who are participating in the DAO will get more SEC token over time. And this SEC token is actually coming from the fees generated by the protocol. So they're essentially getting the fees. Uh, they're basically like, you can say, uh, part of stakeholders of the protocol itself, because being the part of it, you can actually get some portion of the profits or like fees in this case. And so like that's, uh, yeah, that's the current state of mechanics in case of DAO. And we also have a contributor program with anyone who wants to maybe uh, do some community stuff, maybe organize an AMA or write an FAQ guide or uh, any other education content you want to build out for the protocol. You can discuss there and like we'll incentivize you for making any effort over there. And yeah, long-term plan is to build out sub just like Juno has done. Nice. Yeah, and you guys, from what I gather, you've sort of started out with Juno and you're heavily into the Juno ecosystem, which is taking some hits these days, but uh, it's still a pretty solid ecosystem and uh, solid tech. So uh, crossing fingers for you guys that uh, both you and, and Juno is, uh, is getting back up there because you, the tech at least deserves some, uh, some shine. We got a question from the community also um, about the interplay the person is saying the interplay between uh, liquid staking protocols. Um, this person is saying like normally people talk about liquid staking protocols as you know this is a winner takes all kind of market. Uh, you can see that in Lido, I think very much in the Ethereum ecosystem. 
But Cosmos is obviously built in another way. We have IBC. We like to connect things, uh, interconnection. So perhaps we will see in Cosmos something different. We will see multiple liquid staking protocols uh, work uh, together and play together. So is that something, it's an open question, right? Maybe there's nothing, but is there something between happening between Slide, uh, Stride, uh, Stake Easy, maybe Quicksilver when they launch, Persistence? Is there something going on there that we can sort of compare to how the Cosmos has evolved in general instead of just having a one one winner takes all kind of market like Lido in, in the Ethereum ecosystem. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question because like most people don't know this, but the actual reason uh, Lido has a winner takes all market because uh, Lido was obviously the first mover, not just on Ethereum, but as a, uh, you can say massively adopted liquid staking solution ever on any blockchain. So they were the first to pioneer it, and that's one thing. But the major thing is that if anyone stakes their ETH, the proof of stake is chain is not currently, you can say, in its final stages. So for you to stake your ETH, you cannot unstake it, and it's logged until that withdrawal is allowed or not. So I think it's been around one and a half. I could be totally wrong here, but I think in my uh, it's been two years since Lido has been live, and uh, all the users who have deposited in Lito uh, since its inception till then haven't withdrawn any assets from it back. So that's the like major reason in case of Lido being the uh, market leader in that case. Mm-hmm. But in case of Cosmo, you, you have like 21 days, 14 days, or maybe 28 days of unbonding where like you can choose to switch between liquid sync providers uh, if you want to. And uh, what I see is that it will be kind of like, for example, it could be uh, like how DEX have evolved. So Uniswap came as a first DEX, but then different DEXs came along like Curve or uh, Balancer and Bancor. Like these ha- had a very different architecture in terms of what kind of services they provide. So for example, Curve has stable swap, which is a very uh, innovative idea on how you can have efficient pools for uh, stable assets. So you'll ha- you have these different flavors of different use cases of DEXs that people wants to have. So, and then came the DEX aggregator, which was like, okay, we can combine the liquidity of all of these DEXs together uh, if we implement this DEX aggregator. So you can have in future, maybe a liquid staking aggregator, where like this one protocol that's aggregating all of these different liquid staking providers within Cosmos. And it will give you uh, the best you can say uh, prices or maybe a deeper liquidity if you want to uh, trade between stake door and stake pairs in the future. So yeah, that's how I see it's going to happen. Makes sense. And of course, you guys are not the only ones deciding on this. It has to be uh, yeah, in unison that you work with the other protocols if that's happening, uh, if that's going to happen. But uh, there is something there. I think it's an interesting question also. That's why I want to bring it up because Obviously, Cosmos is different. That's uh, one of the reasons why I personally uh, got interested and into the Cosmos ecosystem. I used to be heavy into the Ethereum ecosystem, uh, but I didn't like the vibe that was starting to evolve there with you know, people becoming all, almost maxis, not just Ethereum maxis, but also for like a dApp maxi. You know, if you're building a DEX, you had to be 
the best decks out there and everyone had to use you because you knew it was a winner takes all kind of market. If you were a liquid staking protocol, you had to be, you know, really a maxi on that because you wanted everybody to use that. So I just didn't like that because uh, that's just not how the world works, especially when we talk about the open source world where everything is a remix. We build and improve upon each other. And that's what really caught my interest about the cosmos. But enough about me. Uh, that's just perhaps something that everybody can, here can relate to. Is there anything else that people should know that you want to leave the community with? Any alpha you want to spill today uh, now that we are talking to the entire Cosmos community? What's uh, on the roadmap, basically, for uh, Stake Easy? Mm, yep. So one thing that's in the very immediate roadmap is uh, the release of B-Secret with SC-Secret. So users will have essentially a B-Secret version where, like, they'll be able to, and even there could be a stable swap on secret soon. So people will have to see what happens by the end of the year, but that's something I'm personally even really excited about. So yeah, that I think should be a sufficient alpha for now. And I just had one question coming in from Vision22, uh, who's asking, and I just want to get that because I think it's it's kind of, kind of important. The question is, why is Stegis is taking is not on chain. I think the question is why is Stake Easy not on chain? Not sure I understand the question entirely actually. But uh, yeah, maybe you can answer that real quick. Um, <laughs> I think, but Stake Easy is completely on chain. Like, uh, yeah. So even without our like the front end that we have is Stake Easy dot finance. Even if you like, you have you can directly interact with the chain. Uh, instead of using that front end, if you are, uh, uh, if you want to, let's say, like, <laughs> really sorry about this, but uh, okay, yeah. To answer it, no, it, it's completely on chain, meaning that you don't need to be accessing it through the Stakeasy protocol to be able to access our underlying staking contracts. So the only layer we have added. Uh, as a, you can say, a stake easy protocol itself is the smart contracts that live on the blockchain, which is completely on chain. The contract is on chain. All of the transaction from you signing the transaction to it actually completing it lifecycle to you getting the staked assets. That whole process happens. Every step happens on chain. So yeah, to answer the question, no, it's completely on chain. Yeah. Now that I've read it again, I. Uh... I also didn't quite understand because to my knowledge, uh, stake easy, like everything is on chain. Uh, you can see all the liquid stake assets is easy on chain. Like, Anyways, so uh, thank you so much for joining the club today. And, uh, or again, I should say, make sure guys to uh, follow us on Twitter, of course, that you probably do already on uh, Spotify, YouTube, all these different platforms where we put episodes like these on. Thank you so much for joining Stake Easy and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it's important. Now is the time when the builders, the winners are getting created. So uh, keep it up. You're on your way. Yep. Thanks a lot for having us. Like, it was quite a fun conversation for me. Thank you. Awesome. Take care, man. Ciao.